Hello and welcome to The Well Podcast. Find out more at facebook.com forward slash The Well Event. So just now, um, as we've worshipped and I've mentioned it already, um, Kelly's going to come and she's going to deliver to us everything that her husband Billy wrote for her earlier on. Um, so, um, is, that, is that true, Billy? Yes. Uh, okay. It's, <laughs> Billy's brought his, 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 his big Bible tonight, um, which fits easily in his jeans pocket. Um, please, guys, just now, would you make Kelly Wright welcome as she comes to deliver the word? Thanks. Hello everyone. Thank you for that lovely introduction. No pressure at all. Um, Thanks so much for asking me to share some thoughts tonight. I hope they encourage you, challenge you and glorify the Lord. For a few minutes tonight, we're going to look at the will of God. The will of God is something we all long to know. Something we all desire to walk in. Yet something we often see as perplex and in some ways a mystery. While we may never know the full extent of God's sovereign will or his plan and purpose for our lives, the Bible tells us how to live in the will of God, and it really is quite simple. Before we look at it, it's important to note that there are two ways of describing the will of God. Firstly, God's will of decree or sovereign will. This describes the will of God as his sovereign control over all things and all that comes to pass. That he has sovereign control of everything. And no matter what we do, nothing will change God's sovereign will or decree. An example of this is Jesus himself at Gethsemane when he prayed, My Father, if it be possible, Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's God's sovereign will. Matthew 10, verse 29, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from our Father in heaven. Nothing in this world happens that God isn't in control over. God's sovereign will. Even the challenges Sometimes God allows things to come to pass that we struggle with. But in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will. God's sovereign will. He is in control. And because of that, we have great assurance that all will be well. The second way of describing God's will is his will of command. So we have his sovereign will and we have his will of command. This is what God commands us to do. Something that we can choose to obey or to not obey. And the truth of this is that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of our Father who is in heaven. His will of command. And this is what we're going to look at tonight. I pray that every person here and watching online lives in the way God asks us to, according to his will. So with all of that being said, let's read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 18. 
We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There's so much that we can learn from these eight verses, and we could spend weeks looking into these lessons. Respect those who labor among you. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Always seek to do good. But for a few moments tonight, we're going to focus in on verses 16 to 18. We read, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I believe if we live out these three commands, that we will know in our hearts and in our conscience where God is leading us and what his sovereign will is. It's important to be reminded and to reevaluate our hearts, our lives, and our worship. So firstly, rejoice always. To rejoice means to feel or show great joy or delight. And we are commanded to do this always. Not just in church on a Sunday, not just in the well on a Saturday night, not just when everything is going great, when we're thriving in our studies or in our job, when we're going on with God. It's easy to rejoice when everything is great, and we absolutely should rejoice in those times. But it's just as important, if not, to rejoice in the not-so-good times until your breakthrough comes. Why? Because even if everything around us has fallen apart, we have an anchor that keeps the soul. A rock, a fortress, a living hope through an everlasting, never-failing, all-sufficient, sovereign God. To the world, it's craziness. How can they rejoice when life is throwing that at them? How can they rejoice when life is throwing this at them? We sang it in Sunday school. With Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. The answer, Jesus. The world around us may have no reason to rejoice, but you and I, we have so much to rejoice about. We have been forgiven, set free, given eternal life, all through the Lord Jesus. God's word tells me this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. And there are many times in the Bible we're encouraged to do so. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Psalm chapter 32 and verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. O righteous and shout for joy all ye upright in heart. Thought tonight, when we come to worship the Lord, do we rejoice? We need to rejoice in our worship with a shout of joy. I have to be honest tonight, and I know we're all different, but I don't understand why people don't worship. Worship is my favorite thing to do. 
Not only is it a ministry unto God to glorify him and thank him, but it frees me from whatever is on my heart as I fully surrender to his will in worship. There's a line in the new Brooke Ligger, Wood, however you pronounce her name, um, song Nineveh, and it says, when you choose surrender, you choose survival. Surrender through your worship. Rejoice in your worship with a shout for joy. Do we not realize what God has done for us? Do we not realize that we could be out in the world tonight? If you don't feel like lifting your hands in worship, that's okay. And we must not lift our hands and sing just because other people around us do. But I encourage you tonight from within your soul to close your eyes and think about what the Lord has done for you. And I believe you will rejoice and shout for joy in whatever way you feel comfortable with and whatever way glorifies God. Rejoice in your worship. We are also told in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. It's not a competition. It's not about what one person has and one person doesn't have. We should be celebrating and rejoicing with our brothers and sisters because we are all in the body of Christ. What happens when we rejoice? Not only are we living in the will of God, but if it's in God's will, he will break through in your life. When Paul and Silas were imprisoned, did they sit in a corner and feel sorry for themselves? No. They prayed and sang hymns, and there was a great earthquake, and all the doors opened. The jailer, seeing everyone still there, asked what he must do to be saved. When they prayed and sang, not only were they freed physically, but the unsaved were freed from sin. If you need set free from something tonight, or you long to walk in the will of God, rejoice, rejoice always. Secondly, pray without ceasing. We all know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It was agreed that anyone who made a petition to any God or man for 30 days apart from Darius would be cast into the den of lions. I love the fearlessness and the boldness of Daniel. We read in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. I love that it tells us the house had windows, shows that he was unafraid and unashamed. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel knew the consequences, and yet he prayed without ceasing. Why? Because it was his custom. What is your custom? What is my custom? Do we say the odd prayer here and the odd prayer there? Or do we, like Daniel, pray without ceasing? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. In the busyness of life, we must find time to pray. If you want to know the will of God, rejoice always and pray without ceasing. We heard it many times from Pastor McConnell, keep short accounts with God. Talk to him often, honestly, boldly, and don't ever stop. Whenever you're feeling anxious, pray. 
Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is an exchange with God. We pray to honor and glorify him and to thank him. And in return, he gives us his peace and he guards our hearts and our minds. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5 tells us how to pray. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The point here is not that we shouldn't ever pray in public or with other people because we're encouraged to do that in other verses, but that we shouldn't do it to be seen or heard. We should long for intimacy with the Lord in prayer and that is done when we pour out our hearts to him alone. We need to train ourselves like the athlete to pray without ceasing. Whether it's 60 seconds or 60 minutes, we must never stop praying because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Jesus himself prayed. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. If Jesus prayed, we must pray. And we must pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. In Luke chapter 17, we read of the 10 lepers who Jesus cleansed. The lepers cried out to Jesus to have mercy on them. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. William MacDonald in his commentary sums it up like this. Only the grateful 10% inherit Christ's true riches. Jesus meets our turning back and are giving thanks with fresh blessings. Your faith has made you well, suggests that whereas the nine were cleansed from leprosy, the tenth was also saved from sin. Don't miss the blessings you will receive when you give thanks, and in all circumstances. Let's not forget what Jesus has done for us. Be like the one who came back to give thanks. As we give thanks, God gives blessings. Let me remind you tonight of some of the things we have to be thankful for. That Jesus took our place. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. 
and by his stripes we are healed. Whatever your circumstance, be thankful that Jesus took our place, that in return we, we would receive peace and healing. Be thankful that we are alive in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Whatever our circumstance, be thankful that we are alive in Christ. Be thankful that we have the gift of eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whatever our circumstance, be thankful that we have the gift of eternal life. Be thankful that we have peace. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Again, I say, whatever our circumstance, be thankful that we have peace. Be thankful that we are satisfied in Christ. John chapter 6, verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Whatever our circumstance, be thankful that we will never hunger or thirst again. God's love. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Not just for a little while, forever. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39, and it's one of my favorites. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Whatever our circumstance, be thankful for the love of God. Be thankful that no matter our circumstances in this present world, we have a future hope. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Whatever our circumstance, be thankful that we have a future hope. Notice in closing, these three instructions we are given all have something in common. Always, without ceasing, and in all circumstances. This is a reminder to us to never stop, to never give up, and to run the race that is in front of us. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 7, But you, take courage, do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded.
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Keep going on with God, and if we rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, I believe we will renew our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I finish tonight reading again 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Amen.